Hello and welcome to the Jonathan Bell Show. In 2016, I quit my career job to travel around dressed as Superman, trying to find a way to make a living doing what I love. This podcast is an audio documentation journal as to how I plan on making that a reality. Thank you for tuning in. What's going on, folks? Recently, I was on a podcast called The Creatively Paid Podcast with Casey Reed. Here is the audio from that podcast. Pretty insightful, going over a lot of the things I've been doing this year with how I'm growing my brand. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast from The Creatively Paid Podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the Creatively Paid Podcast with Casey Reed, where it's all about helping creatives turn their passions into profit. If you've ever struggled with the business side of creativity, this is the podcast for you. Today, we have a pretty dope guest. We have Jonathan Bell with us, and we're going to be talking about pursuing full-time creativity. So just want to welcome you on the show, Jonathan. How are you doing, man? How are you feeling? I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. No problem at all, man. You you have a really dope story. And I know for those who are listening, whether you know Jonathan or not, um, I hope that at the end of this episode, you can learn a lot more about him. And your mind will be pushed in the direction of really taking your creativity seriously and like really considering, hey, could I do this full time? You know? So we have Jonathan here. He is known as the Seattle Superman right which i just find so so fascinating man like that's just dope like i don't know maybe maybe i I'm, i might be ignorant but i don't know of anyone else who has truly attached their personal brand to a superhero in the way that you have like i, I again i probably might be ignorant but i haven't really seen that so it's just really cool really interesting to see and it's really empowering to see as well because i know with anyone that sees your pictures they're like yo hey i could I could, I could probably do this too. I can be a photographer if I wanted to. I can take my cosplay to a different level if I wanted to, you know? So right. it's really cool and empowering to see you take on that. And a lot of people really gravitate towards that. And I guess mainly because everyone knows who Superman is, but also it's just really cool to see that taking, to see that take a creative spin in the way that you have taken it, which is really dope. So Today, we really want to dive into like the journey that you're on, right? In 2016, you left your job, a well-paying job, right? Mm -hmm. um, you worked with the Union Pacific, uh, Union Pacific Railroad, right? Yeah. So kind of describe how that, how did that influence your photography journey? Like what caused you to just say, you know what, I'm going to dip and I'm going to do this full time. Like, what was that for you? Uh, basically, it was, well, I almost, I almost got in a car accident. That's, that's what, what happened. And the job too, it's like, it wasn't really like a career job that, that I wanted to have. It's, um, uh, it was kind of different than I would have thought it would be after first working there, you know, and then just, Working in transportation, you barely have a lot of time for yourself. You're always, especially at that job, you're always, and that's why I pay so well because they're literally paying you to ha not have a life to work for the railroad, which is understandable. But at the end of the day, it ended up being something that I did. 
didn't really want to do for the next 30 years of my life. Yeah. And so, but also because it did pay well, you know, you kind of get comfortable with the paycheck and the routine and stuff. And so it wasn't until I almost got in a car accident one day that I decided that I need to just like kind of try to pursue what I want to do in life, which is see if I can make money being a creative somehow. Uh, okay. So that really kind of propelled you to, to get to where you want now, where it's like, you know what? If I did lose my life, then what would I have any regrets? You know, like, did I not actually go after what, what I wanted to do? You know, right. Which is, well, I did, which is I did a 180 on a freeway, right? So I was like, Ooh. I did, literally did a 180 across like three or four lanes of traffic and then uh, came like this close to the median uh, without hitting any. Like, so I, and it was like, you know, 6 p.m. on a weekday. There are tons of traffic and I literally spun out without hitting anything oh so wow. i mean like i could have either died or or also been like you know really seriously injured to where yeah. i couldn't think anymore so that's that was kind of like a huge a huge eye-opener for me that like i could have you know not had a chance to pursue what i wanted to do ah so how long was that from that moment until the moment that you actually quit your job what was the space of time uh, that was in August of 2016, and my lease for my apartment was up in November of 2016. So from August to November, it was me pretty much selling my stuff, planning out what I was going to try to do, start trying to look for the Superman suit. Uh, I bought a van. Uh, you know, it was, it was like a lot of logistics. And then once I got like two or three weeks, two weeks into, before my lease was up, I quit, I walked into the office and quit. So I had like two weeks to like, you know, just kind of hang out with friends and stuff before I left. And then I left uh, Texas in 2016 and drove to Seattle. Oh, nice. So you quit your job, you bought a van. And at that point in time, did you like commit to just traveling? As in you weren't going to, rent an apartment in any city or anything you just decided just to travel or how do, how exactly did that look for you well i i knew that it was going to be so the thing was like i didn't want to get another career job because i wanted to put as much time and effort into building this as i could and i knew seattle was expensive so the plan was to just van life around seattle hmm. so that's yeah. why i bought the van because i knew i could live in it and then i wanted to find like some mediocre job I could while van lifing to keep me focused on the whole Superman stuff. So nice. that's why I did that. Cause I knew that like, I knew all that expenses would add up if I actually lived in an apartment. Right. Yeah. So for you, it, it, yeah, it really made sense just to kind of cut your expenses as much as possible so that you can kind of free up yourself to be able to do what it is that you want to do and to be able to afford to do what it is that you're trying to do at, um, at that point in time, which makes sense. It really does make sense. And I think a lot of people, when they are dreaming about pursuing a full-time life of creativity, they don't take into consideration like the expenses that they need to consider. And, and even getting to a point to humble themselves to say, you know what? I may not need the nicest apartment, you know? If I want this to work, I should be willing to kind of cut back. And it's really cool that 
for me, I can almost assume that you listen to Gary Vee. Probably, maybe, I don't know, if you don't. Yeah, I, just... I do, and, that's, and you know, honestly, like, a friend of mine, because I wasn't into social media at all. Like, I was not oh. into it before, like, period. I had a, I, I got on the Instagram train a bit late. Um, I wasn't into, like, Twitter and hashtags and all this other stuff. And so I had just, like, before I even had the Superman suit, I had, I started taking, like, kind of create, creative photos before the suit in Texas. And so I kind of started getting a little bit popular in Texas as a photographer. And then I just, you know, quit and left. But before that, that's when I kind of started like taking Instagram a little bit seriously with like trying to trying to get featured on like um, portrait page and things of that nature, you know, but I wasn't really like diving into it. And so a friend of mine, it was, it was basically, um, yeah, 2017, it was on a July. Yeah, the 4th of July, actually. She sent me a link, and it was like a Gary Vee link of him talking about, like, why social media is, like, so important if you want to brand build and stuff. And she's like, you need to watch this because of your attitude with social media. And if you want to do all this stuff with Superman, you should. So I watched it, and I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. So some from then on, I started, like, making myself be more into, like, doing it right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Which which is so interesting because, like, I know one thing that Gary Vee says a lot is, like, yo, if you want to do, if you want to live that life that you're thinking about, you know, you have to be willing. And he says this a lot where it's, like, you, you have to be willing to go back home with your parents and just live there. Or, you know what I mean, cut back on the nice things that you like, like cut back on the $7 coffees or <laughs> whatever it is to kind of be able to make room and the space to pursue what it is that you're trying to do, which makes so right. much sense because if you're comfortable, not saying it's impossible, but it makes it a lot harder for you to take it seriously, you know, like, mm -hmm. ex like so much more harder. Like, yeah. So it's really interesting to see that you are like, you're doing it, you know, a lot of people are dreaming of doing what you're doing now. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't made any money yet from it, but I, but it is nice that I'm working towards something that I, I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the, the beauty of it is that the money will come, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy. Like it's going to suck at first, like for sure. Um, like <laughs> it's definitely going to be hard at first, but the, the beauty of it is, you have control of like, you're shaping the destiny of where you're going now. You're shaping the path now, as opposed to just waiting for it to happen. You know, right. and sadly, a lot of us, we low-key just kind of wait for it to happen. We, we tell ourselves, you know what, when this happens or when a certain amount of money is saved, then maybe I'll try, you know? But... I don't know. Sometimes you just have to take that plunge, man. And that's something that Steve Harvey says too, which to me is just so interesting how, how he says it. And he says, when you are pursuing whatever it is that you want in life, um, your dream, your goal, whatever it is, it literally is like jumping off a cliff. It's scary as heck. But if you don't jump, you don't know whether or not you'll survive. You don't know if you just look at the cliff and just contemplate like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll survive, maybe I won't. But only when you actually take that jump, that's when you'll realize that there's actually just a river at the bottom or just a, a bed of 
cotton or <laughs> whatever it is at the bottom but you'll never know if you don't jump you know right so mm-hmm. it's just dope really really dope what it is that you're doing um one thing that i really would like to find out is like how did you get started in photography like what made photography and graphic design um that thing for you that you really gravitated towards well i first started actually doing graphic design i was more into computers and stuff as a kid and like when i was 15 or so we had a computer and like as far back as photoshop 7 and that's when i started playing around with and trying to learn like uh photoshop and illustrator and those programs um so that's that was a long time ago and it wasn't until 2009 that i bought my first camera and so i bought my i bought my first camera kind of like a i bought that rebel t1i as like a christmas gift for myself uh, and then I had a goal or a plan for like all of 2010. My plan was to take at least like one picture every day for uh, all of 2010, just so I could like at least touch my camera, hold it, take a picture, get used to like, you know, settings. And then I just didn't delete any of them. So at the very end of 2010, I made a whole video that has like 9,000 pictures. That's like 20 minutes long. Of, oh, wow. of like every like my whole year 2010 pretty much but i mean like some some days i would like practice with my aperture and exposure and stuff so like it'd be like the same view of like you know 100 different pictures and then some days mm-hmm. like when i didn't want to do anything i literally grab my camera and take a picture of the ceiling and then just put it down because i just wanted to get that one in oh nice oh man so you would say that your graphic design so you start off in graphic design first and then you kind of got into photography afterwards yeah because i wanted to i didn't like like taking it like looking for all these like stock photos and all that stuff of that nature so it's like i should just start doing doing this myself you know and so i started trying to like take pictures of my friends and myself and so that was 2010 2011 i left to go to uh, the midwest and then I got the job at Union Pacific in 2012. And that's when I kind of started oh. all that transitioning. I didn't know anybody. So I started doing a lot of self-portraits, my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I moved to Texas and kind of started meeting people, I, I kind of started meeting people to take photos of and things of that nature. But I always got kind of annoyed with people that flake. And I don't really have the tolerance to deal with people that flake like you know, the first meeting. So then I was like, if I have all these ideas, I should just start doing them on myself, which is what I usually, that's what I pretty much started doing. So then I started doing all that and then I left to go to Seattle. (laughs) So Uh, yeah, so basically the photography was like an extension of abusing my own pictures instead of stock photos for my graphic design. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, (laughs) because, wow, that's so interesting. Because, yeah, because when I really think about it now, um, especially with graphic design, like, it's really great to have, like, really high-quality pictures, you know? And, and that's, that's something that I kind of discovered recently, too, where it's like, man, I'd rather just take this picture myself because sometimes it's, it's a very particular image that you want for whatever it is you're, you're creating. And you, right. can't just, you can't just find it um, as a stock photo. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're getting more and more extensive now, but, like, even checking out Adobe stock and as much as I love Adobe, that's 
it's so expensive for Adobe stock. So I'm just like, eh, I just probably do this myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, uh, and that's the, that's the beauty of having your own gear and having your own camera, man. There's, there's just so, so much you can do with it. And that's what I love about photography. It's like such an expansive world. Like, ah, so much to do. <laughs> and I'm still learning, like, with the different things. Because one thing I've started to play with was... um nighttime photography and kind of playing around with like how to shoot stars and all that it's, it's really interesting like learning how to use like super long exposures and stuff i was like dang i didn't know my camera could do this <laughs> but yeah, yeah it is fun just, so much you could do with it man um so you decided to quit your job in 2016 how did that how did you overcome the fear of doing that was there any fear and if there was, yeah, how did you overcome it to actually like take uh, action? I think the fear part was was me almost dying, and that so that was or like getting in that car accident. So that was a whole like I guess the fear of realizing that what I really wanted to do in life could not have like come true was what was what made me do that in the first place. I didn't care so much about the job and everything because it wasn't something that I really wanted to do with my life. Uh, you know yeah. so it was it was mainly like that whole eye-opener moment and once i had that whole eye-opener moment then everything else was like uh not that big of a deal ah uh, hmm. Hmm. this makes sense yeah hmm. yeah so like so you decided to quit your job and that really opened up your eyes in terms of like my night I really need to do this, you know? But in the pursuit of doing that, what, how do you handle anybody that, the, the naysayers per se, were, that were probably telling you like, this doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, how do you handle when, when people would tell you that the plan that you have makes no sense? Like, why are you trying to <laughs> get a van and just move to Seattle where you, you probably don't know anyone? Like. How do you handle that in terms of the naysayers or the haters or whatever it is? Uh, well, it's just kind of, I don't know. I have, I have this whole kind of theory, like when people tell you things that they don't like from you to do, it's usually a part of them that wants to do it themselves. So they're trying to talk you out of it to make themselves feel better, you know? So that's, that's one thing is that I kind of feel like, um, that's just something's how people are sometimes, you know what I mean? But yeah. two, I honestly haven't really received a lot of pushback like that because all the friends that I met in Texas at the time, they all knew how important this was to me mm. and they all like, you know, believed in me and stuff. So it really wasn't, it really wasn't, it didn't really get a whole lot of like, that's dumb. That's a stupid idea. It was more of a like, Oh, you're going to do great. That's going to be awesome. You're going to do like, you know, so it was more of the like positive part of it than the negative part. There was only like a couple of people maybe that that had this whole like, oh, that's gonna be great kind of, you know, sarcastic attitude. Right. Yeah. But also like that's that's what I mean is like um sometimes when people tell you that you can't do something, it's pretty much a projection of them that they wish they could do something like that too. For right. whatever reason. Yeah. And it's so important for us to be able to push past that and to honestly have empathy for them as well, where it's like, 
dang, it kind of sucks that you feel that way. But I mean, I have to just, I have to do what I need to do, you know? Right. <laughs> so with this journey of like getting out there and pursuing this full-time life of creativity, what challenges did you face of like building your personal brand when you started out, when you first started out doing it? Uh, I guess the biggest challenge I faced was, so I, I ordered my suit in March of 2017 when I finally found one and it was supposed to only take up to two months and it took seven months cause I got it in like October. So that was the biggest thing that, oh. that taught me about patience. Uh, my van broke down. I had to buy a new van. Like the whole, my whole first year, like just didn't go how I, how I thought it was going to go. Uh. So that was, that was, that was something. <laughs> but, as, but, as, but as far as everything else, it's pretty much uh, just repetition. And like, I, I found that job. So I got a job washing dishes. Right. So, Cause yeah. I knew like if I did that, uh, one working in restaurants, you usually get free food. And that's something that I wanted to do since I was in a van. And two, I knew if I was washing dishes, nobody would bother me if I was on my phone all the time. Like a lot of jobs, like at least like, you know, floor jobs, uh, sales or customer service, like they don't want you on your phone, you know, obviously. But I knew if I was just standing back somewhere in a corner where I could literally be on Instagram or Twitter for a good, you know, eight hours nobody would bother me. And thankfully at this job, nobody did because yeah. well, one, because I always got my job done and nobody had to worry about anything, you know, but I built a lot of my, I guess a lot of my brand was built in a kitchen washing dishes for the most, like for the first, uh, yeah, like eight months, the first eight months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so with that, would you would you say you were posting every day or was it like every other day when you first started out or it kind of wrapped up? Uh, time? It was it wasn't every day, but I would I was basically like when I would get off work, I would go try to find places to take photos and stuff like that. But mm. besides Instagram, like there was also Twitter. So I was also like, you know, trying to engage in in in. Uh, conversations about comic books and artists and stuff like that so it wasn't just solely instagram stuff yeah ah okay which makes sense yeah because definitely starting out that i know that would be a really good thing to i hope for those who are listening that's something that you can take away as well where it's like starting out you definitely want to to start interacting a lot on social media because sometimes people get really consumed with just posting and not realizing that fostering a relationship with people and kind of putting yourself into the conversation really, really helps. Like, I learned that recently, and it's crazy, man, how easy it is to really build a community based off of just just talking with people, especially on Twitter. Just finding whatever it is that you're interested in and getting into the conversation and adding value, adding really good input. And if you do that every day for the next however long... <laughs> it can really make a big difference and you can build the kind of community and tribe that you want. Um, and it's really cool that you started out doing that because that definitely would have been kind of one of the best ways to do it because I know, I'm pretty sure at this point in time, there's probably people that you spoke to way back then that know you because of the conversations that you had from then. 
which is really dope. That's that's the beauty of social media. Like you can interact and build connections and relationships with people so easily. Like (laughs) before all of this, I mean, it was pretty hard to talk to someone that was very interested in this particular thing that you were interested in. Like it was super hard. Like AOL was okay, but it wasn't that great. <laughs> you know? So yeah. So that's that's the beauty of social media, man. And and I think that's why so many people like Gary Vee and so on and so forth really push the idea of the power of social media and how it literally works for anyone. Whether you like Legos or succulents or whatever it is that you like, there is a community of people that's talking about that particular thing that you like. And if you can garner that following and that tribe, there's so much you can do with it, you know? And yeah, it's just really interesting. Really, really interesting. And it's definitely something that I'm learning a lot more day by day, especially with um, getting into TikTok and all that. It's, it's cool, man. It's really, really cool. Um, so... With this whole journey, there's so many different phases that you had to go through in terms of like breaking away from your job and then actually moving, living um, in a van and being willing to take on a job that helps you in terms of the type of time that you want to have during the day, like being able to actually be on your phone. Like you had to strategically think about where you wanted to be to make this life work, you know? so with all of that, how did that lead up to you being known as the Seattle Superman? Uh, pretty much repetition, I guess. Um, so like in in 2018, I was kind of getting a little bit tired of living in the van. So I was like, I need to make, because, all right, so my first year working at the railroad, I made over $100,000. So I have bills, things of that nature. But then I just right. quit that job and got a job for $15 an hour washing dishes, right? So I still had stuff. I was like, I had, was in debt. I owed credit cards. I owed the IRS money. And so in, I think it was like in April or May of 2018, I was like, I need to like get another good job and and pay off some stuff so I could go into the next, my plan was to go into the next decade, 2020, you know, like, uh, free from debt and everything that I owed, right? So I redid my resume, put some up, and then this railroading company called me that hires conductors for individual like shortline railroads. Oh, so I was like, okay. oh, I could do that. So they're like, we have a we have a job in Montana, and we'll pay for your room. The contract is a year and a half. We'll pay for your room there in Montana, and we'll give you like X amount of dollars every day, and you go do this job. And I was like you know what, I'm just building up momentum in Seattle as Seattle Superman, but this is a really good opportunity for me. So I left (laughs) Seattle and moved to Montana and to get out of the van, stay in a hotel for free. And then that job, I was fortunate enough to work like three on, four off, four on, three off. And it was in a town, it's Sydney, Montana. If anybody looks that up, it's like literally... 10 miles away from North Dakota. It's so remote, like kind of middle of nowhere. It's like 5,000 people town. And so for that whole year and a half, I didn't, I didn't like uh, date anybody. I was there totally by myself. Didn't go out to bars, any of that stuff. And all I did was go to work and work on building my brand for that whole year and a half. 
in that whole year and a half I was there, I went, that's when I went viral on Twitter. Um, in August of last year, that's when I started taking TikTok more seriously. And so I started doing that. And, uh, but yeah, so pretty much it's like every day I would just talk to people. Like I answer or I try to reply to every single comment on my Instagram post that I do. Um, on my TikToks, I'll try to at least like every single person that likes uh, or like leaves a comment. I'll try to answer them or at least like, um, like the message that they said. It's all time consuming. And that's what like literally every day when I take a shower or it's like my shower time, I'll get in a shower and I'll literally like set aside maybe a half an hour to go through all my social media at that point, at that point in time, just so I could like reply to DMs, talk to people, answer, like reply to comments, stuff like that for whatever I posted that day. And I've done that every day for basically like the last, I don't know, two years or so. So it's just me literally being on my phone all the time, talking with people about what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Which is like, that's just perfect for what it is that you're trying to do in terms of building a brand because you're really solidifying what it is that you're doing. Um, Cause sadly, as we kind of mentioned before, like a lot of people neglect that side of it in terms of the interaction. Cause as you said, it takes time. Like, Funny enough, I don't really have that big of a following right now on TikTok because I just started like two weeks ago and it's still crazy how quick it's um, growing. Um, and just with that, I spent like a good amount of time with just the, uh, I think 600 and something followers now, just commenting on everything, every comment that people have. And that's just, I don't know, maybe 30 something comments for the day, 30 to 50, I don't know. And that takes time, you know? So if you times that by 10 or however much more, it really is very time consuming, but it's so important, you know, to interact and to build that community because people see through you really quick. If they see that you post and you don't say anything, you don't interact, you don't do anything. Like it almost feels as if you're just like the TV, you know, you're just on a TV show where you can't interact with these people, but you can only but yeah, because yeah, but you're right. They see they see right through it. Like you know, like this person's not. And the thing, and that's the thing too, is because people, there are millions of people online that will give people that validation of like saying, "Oh, I like your stuff," and like just a right. simple like like it or say thank you. I mean, like I can't do that with everybody. It's getting yeah. to the point now where like I can't. But like the other day on one of my TikTok videos, I literally probably spent like half an hour just going through the comments on one video and like at least liking everything and commenting like thank you or something right. on that you know what i mean so like and that's just what i decide to do because i know people aren't doing that and it makes them feel or makes them feel special and plus it builds like you know a community of the people around you so like there's people that i literally for example um yeah, I'm just, well, like how we're talking. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It could have been just as easy yeah. for me, like we met on TikTok, it could have been just as easy for me to look at what you did and just been like, oh, that was cool, and then put my phone down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yeah. And that, that's the beauty of the community, man. Like, and that's, that's something I want people to understand, where it's like, it's kind of easy to 
interact with people. <laughs> you know, what? it's and easy the- to interact with people. It's just time consuming. So yeah. if you're always like figuring that you have something better to do than just reply to comments, then that's really going to be a downfall for you. Yeah, I yeah. think. And yeah, but I mean, I haven't I haven't done it the other way around. But like, that's that's pretty much what I do. So like, that's why I try to like at least answer everybody and talk to people that take the time out of their day to like comment something on a photo of mine. Right. Yeah. No legit, man. And yeah, it's a very important lesson for a lot of people in terms of like brand building and building your social media. Like, yeah, like treat your 100 followers like the best followers ever, because when you have 100,000, yeah, you won't be able to comment on everything, but you'll start to build that kind of mindset of like these people decided to follow you they don't have to you know they decided to like your video they decided to comment on your um post like they don't have to but they took time out of their day so like just understanding the fact that followers and likes and all of these stuff come from humans they come from people you know so it's not just some like it's not the algorithm just regurgitating likes for you it's actual people interacting with you so that's definitely something that anyone that is building their brand and wanting to build a brand online you really 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 need to um take seriously and if you follow anyone that really um studies social media and so on and so forth they'll basically say the same thing like you gotta interact you gotta build and foster community around what it is you do and I'm just so glad that you do that really well right now because, yeah, it's, it's gotten you to a really healthy place. Um, re- yeah, a really healthy place on social media right now in terms of, like, solidifying who you are. And I know for sure just what you've done in the last couple of years is going to pay off continually for the years to come because people will continue to come from posts that you made years ago, you know? And that's just that's the beauty of the internet and social media. Like, it can continue to work for you, which is great. Um, since you got to the point of um, like creating this brand that you've created now, what what would you say is your what's the biggest insight that you have discovered so far in terms of social media? Like, what's the biggest um, thing that you've learned recently that kind of changed the game for you in terms of how you approach? social media or the internet in general uh that would probably be tiktok and making myself like take that more seriously because like a lot of people our age are just like i don't dance i don't you know i don't know any of this music which was my which is my excuse i was like yeah. i don't know any of these freaking songs i don't know how to dance <laughs> like like, little, like this app is just for kids that like everything that everybody already says that's what i was and then i was like you know what i really do need to like figure out how to how to do stuff my own way on there and so like I um I went through all my like stories in my archives I went through like my um old phones I went through my external hard drives and I found all these like little videos and stuff that I that I could put online and then I like made this folder called TikTok and I put probably like a hundred videos in there and, and photos and ideas and then i just started editing little videos together of like behind the scenes stuff to upload there 
and right. that's that's how I started out doing Twitter first. Like the first, my first one was basically like I had this really good levitation photo, and I recorded myself in Seattle take those photos. So I just put that video together, and then put the two final shots on it, and then I got eight hundred thousand views on it. So I was like, "Well, this obviously oh. works." So then I just started kind of doing like you know more and more stuff like that. But the point is, like, I would have never have gotten to that point if I never would have liked started it in the first place. You know what I mean? And then, so that's one big thing. The second really big thing is like Pinterest. A lot of my website traffic comes from Pinterest because every day I'll make sure to either copy the URLs from my Instagram posts and just like put it into one of my boards on Pinterest, or I will just upload photos of myself to Pinterest boards that I've created with links to my website. And that way, like, because Pinterest owns like a majority of stuff that you type in into Google and you search things, a lot of that's going to be from Pinterest that pops up. And so like, and also because Pinterest is so smart, how it groups what it's shown in a photo. And then like, you know, if you ever used it, you scroll down, it'll see everything that's related to it. So in my case, when people like see, if they like see a picture of Superman and they scroll down, like they could just happen to see me because I'm still wearing that whole suit. So that's, Basically, like, getting out of your one bubble, like, Instagram at first was my one bubble, but getting out of that to, like, using Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, all stuff that is time-consuming, no lie, but trying to build yourself as a person as opposed to just, like, I want to be Instagram famous. There's two totally different mindsets. Right. Ah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I... And that makes me want to, like, check out Pinterest a bit more. Because, funny enough, I don't know, I never really took Pinterest as anything serious. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of use it for inspiration every now and again for graphic design. But, yeah, I need to look into that. Because it makes sense in terms of what you're saying, where, like, um, a really good way to drive traffic. Because when you really think about when you use Pinterest, yeah, a lot of pictures link to different websites. And... Yeah, and SEO really works pretty well with Pinterest. So, yeah, I'm going to definitely look into that a bit more. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Hmm. Um, so, so far, for all of those who, have li- who are listening, we've learned a lot about um, Jonathan and this whole journey of, like, t- taking on creativity and doing it full-time and really being serious about doing it, but also understanding, like, that life is real, you know? So you have to make various choices to make the path that you're going on work, you know? And right. we've, we've gotten a really good, realistic view of how that can look. Because sadly, there's a lot of things online that make it seem as if, hey, you can just start tomorrow. Just quit your job, man. And it's like, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot more steps to it. And... Yeah, it takes a lot of like consistency. It takes time and it takes work. Um, you really got to show up, you know, you got to show up every day to really make it work. And we've really seen that with how Jonathan has gone about his life and the path that he's on now. Um, so if there's anything that you could say, Jonathan, to anyone who is starting out in photography and graphic design, um, 
what would you tell them? Like, what would be your, the best advice that you could give them if they're just starting out in this? I would say uh, to have like a, like what are your, your reasons for one, wanting to, to, to do this stuff? I mean, like um, there are a lot of photographers that I've met through Instagram that I don't know anymore who have just like wanted to be a photographer when it was trendy and cool to be a photographer and then realized that like once they weren't getting a lot of love that then they like you know quit so like and we all know those people on Instagram are like oh like my post do this do that like every single thing which is nothing wrong with that but like like you said you can see through people that want just to be popular and stuff so I guess my first thing would be is to just make sure that you're doing it for your right reason that like regardless if nobody even sees your stuff it's not going to discourage you to not do anything like further oh. so i guess yeah. that would be like the main thing and then the second thing i would say is like uh a lot of my creativity and stuff comes from ideas that i have so if you if you just like oh i want to be able to to take photos and edit like you you have to like really be able to break that down into uh, I need a concept. Uh, where am I getting my inspiration from? And that, so I usually will work backwards. I'll see something or I'll listen to something that I'll, I'll try to interpret how it makes me feel. And then I'll go try to work backwards into how I can make that concept a reality. There is no like, oh, I like his photos. I want to make a photo like his. I don't do right. that. It doesn't, that doesn't work for me because then, like, then you're like always comparing yourself to how somebody else does something. But yeah. if you have an idea that you really want to make work, then you can work backwards from there and search like tutorials and how to do this and to learn. And that way you're like learning new stuff from what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So that would be the other thing is like, don't look at it as like, I want to edit like him. Look at it as like, I have this really good idea. Now, how am I going to make this happen? The, the cool thing about photography is like, yeah, never assume that those that you see taking really dope pictures know everything about photography. Like everyone, we're all learning how to do this stuff, you know? We, every concept that we come up with, probably nine out of 10 times we're like trying to figure out how to do this specific thing, probably looking up a tutorial, looking up um, new things about tone curves or whatever it is to kind of create what it is that we're doing. So it's it's a continual process of learning mind, which is just really cool. Um, and yeah, definitely just be willing to just learn each and every day, like never get to a point where you feel as if, you know, I know everything, you know? Because if, if you ever get to that point, that's a sad day, man, because <laughs> yeah. like you, you won't be open to learn new things, you know? So yeah, definitely like super solid advice uh, for those who are starting out. And yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so we're getting down to kind of wrap up this session. And so far, it's been a really great conversation in terms of just learning about what it is you do, you know, and how you kind of built this brand of being the Seattle Superman and really showcasing your photography in a unique way that has allowed people to, to find you and has kind of solidified your space online, which is just 
something that I really hope encourages a lot of people and inspires people to just do your thing, man. You know, like, yes, there may be thousands, millions of photographers out there, but the reality is there's no photographer that is you. Like, right. you're the only you, you know? And you will always have your own creative spin on what it is that you do. Like, but you just got to experiment. You got to try and show up. Show up every day. Just show up. And I can almost guarantee that you will get better, man. You will get better. Um, yeah. So with this, we just want a way for everyone to find you, you know? So where can, where can people go? What are your social media handles, your website? podcast uh pretty much if you just type in jonathan bell or that's j-o-n-a-t-h-a-n-b-e-l-l-e or seattle superman into any search bar you would find i will show up and that's yeah, cool. i say that very arrogantly because it took me to <laughs> be able to say that <laughs> so, if you, if you just type in my name in the in the google you'll you'll find my website and some stuff I'll, like all my handles on there all right cool yeah yeah, I definitely would implore everyone to just check out Jonathan's stuff, man. Like, he's doing some really dope stuff. His story is, is amazing, man. So definitely check out his website. Check out his podcast. We have two podcasts, uh, Positive Vibes and The Jonathan Bell Show, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, so definitely check out his podcast. Um, they're pretty dope. I've been listening. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, I listen oh, to... Yeah, I'll probably, like, if, send this audio to me, and I'll throw it up on my... Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I I would definitely appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, cause this should be coming out in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, so that should be pretty dope. Um, so yeah, to wrap up, are there any last words that you have for like aspiring creatives? No, I just uh, pretty much have your concepts, your mood boards, your inspirations. <laughs> And don't be yeah. afraid to uh, do what you want to do. Yep. That is for sure. Like, that's solid advice. And I hope, I just hope that everyone was able to learn something today and you're inspired by this episode because, you know, if you want to be creatively paid, man, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. You got to put yourself out there and you got to be willing to do what is necessary to make your dreams come true, you know? So that kind of wraps up this episode of the Creatively Paid Podcast. I really hope everyone enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week or in a few days. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. I will see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Creatively Paid Podcast at www.creativelypaid.com. Hey guys, Casey here. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Creatively Paid Podcast. One thing that really helps the podcast is getting a review, right? So if you can just leave a review, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever platform you are listening to this um, podcast on, if you can leave a review, leave a rating, preferably a five-star rating, whatever it is that you feel, at that point in time, just leave a review so we can know how the podcast is doing and how you've been liking the episodes so far. It definitely will help the podcast and we definitely want this podcast to be to be able to reach more people and to be able to help more people. 
you know so thank you once again for listening and thank you for the reviews that you guys will leave um yeah so i will see you guys next time